This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 67 of the DTV Digest. I'm your host Mike Parkin and joining me this week is Richard Hawes, my long-time collaborator. Hello everyone. Yes, finally at the microphone instead of in the back room uh, where he usually does all the planning and things for us. Uh, but this week we are looking at shorts. It's our, I think this is our third short special, isn't it Rich? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and we've got a whole plethora of uh, titles to look at. Twelve, in fact, we're going to be looking at today. Um, but before we get into that, and before we get into the main show, I just want to make a very quick retraction and apology for last episode. Um, in the Coming Soon section, we were talking about a new film called Final Score, with Dave Batista and Pierce Brosnan um, coming out, and I very erroneously attributed the director as a certain Stephen C. Miller, when in fact it's Scott Mann who's directed this, um, and I couldn't even get that right because it was actually Stephen, no, I called it Stephen S. Miller, and it's actually Stephen C. Miller, um, director of Marauders and um, other things. Uh, Scott Mann, of course, did The Tournament, Brilliant film. He produced uh, Precious Cargo, which is one of my favourite straight-to-video films of recent years. And probably the best thing that Bruce Willis has been involved in um, for a while. Um, So apologies to Scott. Really looking forward to seeing your film. Um, But yeah, Scott Mann directed Final Score and not Mr. Miller. And I just want to I just want to interject in there. He also this is his this is only his third film, which really surprised me. But his yeah. second one I haven't seen yet was Heist, which also had Dave Heist, Batista. It did, yes, um, and that's very good as well. Um, and in fact, um, Batista has a brilliant opening scene in that. The rest of his scenes aren't particularly great, uh, and that's sort of the way the character's written, unfortunately. Um, but he gets a great first scene with um, what's his name from Walking Dead. Uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yeah, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Um, yeah, a, a great scene uh, where, where they sort of speculating about sort of doing this heist. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's really solid, re- really enjoyable film. Uh, Robert De Niro is in there as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Die Hard in the football stadium, <laughs> which is what this looks like. Anyway, as we said, we're doing shorts this week, so um, definitely not the sort of thing which you're going to come across in the cinema. Uh, We're going to put links on the footnotes um, for all of these films uh, that we're going to be talking about today, as well as the trailers for the coming soon section. Um, And we also have the washing up and the DTV chart, which we're going to right now. And now it's time for the UK DTV chart. Uh, These are the top five uh Biggest selling uh, DTV releases are for the week uh, ending on July 8th. Uh, the What we've done, uh, for those who've not heard before, is we take a look at the official UK charts, uh, top 100 videos, which includes Blu-rays and uh, general DVDs, uh, and we extract all, the, all those films uh, that are feature films, first time released in 2018. So, getting straight on with it. Uh, at number five, because uh, we picked the top five, uh, at number five is Escape from Sobibor, which was last week's number one. Yeah, this is something we, we talk about a lot, and it's something we're going to be talking about in the in the washing up later. Um, how, you know, anything 
connected with war. Yeah, any sort of war movie does really well in the UK. I don't know if about it anywhere else in the world, but it, they, they seem to get lapped up here. Um, even something, you know, with a very sort of grim sort of storyline like this. You know, this is based on a on a true incident uh, that happened um, during the Second World War. We have uh, Christopher Lambert playing the commandant. Um, overseeing a sort of very sort of ruthless uh, regime inside this um, labor camp after learning of a, another um, escape attempt from from another prison, so he really sort of clamps down on people in this one. Um, yeah, it, it looks pretty grim. It's in a, a mixture of languages. I, I did hear Christopher Lambert speaking in English in the trailer, but from what I understand from Dave, a lot of this is subtitled. Oh, it's a, well, it's a German production, so I would expect a majority to be in German, especially if yeah. the, the lead actor, and I think he's also the director, uh, is uh, hmm. is Russian. Uh, it, but, yeah, I think, as you've said before, it's a bit weird. I mean, Christopher Lambert is top credited, hmm. but obviously he's the, he's not the hero. He's the villain, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's, and, and the cover makes that quite clear, uh, because they, they put him front and centre in the Nazi uniform. Hmm. But the... I, I'm really, I mean, you know me, I, I love Russian films anyway, so sure. this is this is very high on my, I'd like to, uh, I want to see it list, so I'll be checking this out just as soon I, as I can. I do like the trailer, I must admit, the, you know, the production values do look pretty good for this. Well, they, they, you know, Rus Russian movies, they just, they they put they so much money, money into their, them, their yeah. films, yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't like Battle, uh, the, it was released as Battle for Moscow, Pan Filov's uh, mm -hmm. 28, I think was the original title. That didn't really engage me a huge amount, but uh, with the Christopher Lambert factor here, I'm, I'm I'm quite hopeful. Sure. Right, moving on to number four. Hey, guess who it is? It's Rex. It's Rex, and again, it's that war theme, you know, hanging in there. Um, that, that's, that's surely um, part of its um, success factor, I think. Um, plus the fact that it's such an engaging story, it's a weepy and all the rest of it, um, and female lead. It's like 15 um, weeks now, 15 or 16 yeah, weeks. <laughs> it, is, it is hanging in there, yeah. Number three is the first of three new entries. It is Spinning Man with Guy Pierce and Pierce Brosnan and Mini Driver. Mm. Now, um, we, me and Dave briefly touched on this uh, in the washing up last time. And I said, oh, I've got no interest in this at all. But I finally got round to watching the trailer, and I really, really want to see this now. It's um, Guy Pearce stars as a, a sort of teacher who ends up being accused by the police, Detective um, Pierce Brosnan, of abducting and or murdering a student, you know, this female student. Um, and he's sort of protesting his innocence, but of course the evidence starts building up, you know, circumstantial though it may be, um, that he may have had some sort of involvement. It's one of those sort of situations where, you know, you're following a guy who just seems to get deeper and deeper and more ensnared as, as the film goes on. Um, and it looks great, you know, I think, you know, brilliant cast, as you, as you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing this now. And I guess it's one of those ones where we're not quite sure whether he's whether exactly, he's actually yeah. guilty or not, and uh, yeah. that will be how that's where the tension is, I guess. But I guess, uh, yeah. yeah, the it's funny. Pierce Brosnan's become quite a B movie, like a DTV staple mm. now. I mean, he's, he, there's, there's a few of his films have been sort of DTV-ish, but they've still gone into cinemas, like IT, for example. Sure. But uh, they're finding their home on video, and then we we've got him coming up in uh, Final Score as well on mm -hmm. on uh, with uh, Dave Bautista. Yeah, uh, of course he, he was did. In, uh... 
um, the the foreigner with Jackie Chan. Yeah, and he did what was there was another one where, where like kids party drug kind of movie where he's like a drug dealer. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, like fever or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. turned. He's turning up in all sorts of places, and then I guess he's back, he'll be back in cinema soon with the Mamma Mia film. But uh, sure. he's all, you know, he's always pretty good value. And Guy Pearce is a brilliant actor, so mm. uh, he's not usually a DTV kind of guy. So, um, but you know, like a lot of actors, you know, they sort of move around a bit here and there. So. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm very keen to to see mm. this at some point. But I'm not as keen as I am to see. Uh, uh, see the endless, which is number two. Well, more fool you, Rich, because this is excellent. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, sorry, that's what I was trying to say. Is oh, right. I, I'm, I'm actually more keen to see the endless. Oh, I mean, just I've, I've only seen the cover, but I think that cover art, that poster, is really, uh, it's really you know, incredible. Yeah, I, I, I've seen this. I reviewed it um, for my other website. It's it's really strong. Um, it's it's kind kind of like the triangle where. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, because um, it, it's built up that it's this sort of um, doomsday cult that these two guys have escaped from and they go back um, to sort of, you know, see what's what. And they discover that sort of maybe, maybe um, not everything they were told was, was a pack of lies after all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's very enigmatic, very well made. Um, you know, without sort of many sort of, it's not a sort of an, um, special effects kind of movie, but you know what they do use, it, um, they use very effectively. Where's it from? What country? It, it is US. It's uh-huh. uh, it's directed by the guys who did Spring uh, a few years ago. It's another film that had like a really incredible cover art that mm. I've just uh, I never got around to seeing so I don't really know anything about it so yeah. I will I think along I I mentioned to you and the other guys uh, uh, recently about the uh, Belgian directors who did uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Amer and... and stuff like that and I was uh, I'm intrigued to sort of check out their work and I think oh. the, these people are uh, you know these these yeah. these two films are not far behind on those I think I got a sort of a fascination with with sort of cults in films, you know, and sort of the the way people sort of you know believe in them so fervently, you know, the the, the sort of belief system, and, and sort of you know, especially in films where they're sort of like going, well, it could be true, you know, yeah, you, you, you don't know, you know, the sort of the world you think exists um, sort of might be totally wrong, but um, yeah, no, I, I love all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's there seems stuff. there seems to be a lot of it around at the moment. I'm sure mm. there's like two or three other projects uh, that I've come across. Like I'm not sure if they're one of them is a TV series, but I know you mentioned there was a film uh, from a while back that mm. that you you were recommending. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, it might have been, been the Triangle. No, no, it was. Uh, we were talking about it online the other day. You was like, oh, I'm, I'm watching Jack. Oh yeah, yeah, faults. Yeah, faults. Yeah, I'm watching that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the other one as well, um, which I'm interested in, is called "They Remain," which is about a couple of scientists, um, sort of working in a field where a doomsday cult used to live or something. And that, that looks pretty trippy as well. Yeah. So very. So um, very imp- uh, impressive looking uh, film. This uh, the endless. Mm. Uh, but uh, how does it compare? We wonder. To the number one film of the week, which mm. is Nicolas Cage in the Humanity Bureau. Indeed. Now, we can't really talk much about this at the moment, um, because our next episode, episode 68, is going to be a Nick Cage special. 
We're going to be reviewing three Nick Cage films which have been out recently. Uh, this one, uh, Humanity Bureau, uh, Mum and Dad, and 211, um, where he plays a police officer involved in a, a, a big shootout or something. Um, so, yeah, good on Nick Cage for getting to number one spot. I'm, I'm, it's, it's great that he's um, he's still got sort of drawing power in that way. Uh, but we're going to hold off talking about it anymore until the following episode. And that's the DTV chart for this week. Okay, it's time for the coming soon section, and this week we've got a bumper crop of nine, count them, nine trailers to look at, and we're going to kick off with a film called The Immortal. Um, I believe this is from Thailand, is that right? It, it look, uh, I'm not 100%. I mean, mm. it, the, certainly the, the language looks looks Thai. Yeah. Um, this looks amazing. Yeah, you know, visually lush, doesn't visu- it? Visually, this looks amazing. You know, whether or not the story adds up or not is another matter. But this, the, you know, the 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 um, the, f- the filmatism on show here is absolutely superb. Um, yeah. So this is about a a guy who's sort of resurrected through black magic, um, trying to sort of hold on to being alive and and sort of shenanigans going going on in the background to either sort of sort of get rid of the magic or not um not not a hell of a lot of um, plot in the trailer but the visuals are absolutely stunning um so you know if, the, if this gets a, a uk release i'd be well happy to get to see it yeah i wouldn't be surprised if this i mean this i mean judging on the way it looks i wouldn't hmm. be surprised if it got picked up for cinemas because it, it seems like it'd be a crime not to see the inside of a cinema Absolutely. yeah big this budget is, film yeah 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 definitely look looks looks very very polished um i'm not sure of the the director's Victor Vu, who I'm not familiar with. Mm. Uh, just having a quick look to see if I can. Yeah, because I was I was just looking him up on well looking up the film on um, the IMDb and I couldn't actually find it. Oh, I think it might be Vietnamese. Right. Um, you don't see you, know, you don't see many Vietnamese movies getting released uh, over here. I mean, there's even a couple of not, pretty yeah. good uh, action movies that have, I think have still never been released over here. I don't know. One mm. or two, one or two of them might have been, um, but. Yeah, I I can't think of a. I've probably seen one Vietnamese film in my in my life, probably mm. from what I can gather. Well, I've seen a couple. There was a really good one, which was basically a remake of um, Ronin. You know, the, the um, Jean Reno and um, oh, yeah. Robert De Niro film. Yeah. Um, oh, it's called Clash. That was it. Um, so there's that. Yeah, I do want to see that. Another film called The Rebel. Which I absolutely loved. Um, That's the one I've seen, sort of, I think. Yeah, so it's during the sort of French occupation of um, John, Vietnam. That's really Johnny Tri Nguyen, I think. Yes, in fact, he's in both of those films. Yeah, um, yeah very, very good. Um, but yeah, so um, The Immortal looks absolutely superb. Um, can't wait to sort of find out a bit more about it. Yeah. Uh, IMDb still says it's still in post-production at the moment so there's no sort of release dates or anything for it anywhere um, but um, yeah the trailer looks cool mm, amazing anyway let's move on to On the Ropes now um, you know when I saw the title I thought okay so Rich has managed to sort of dig out a um, another boxing movie to take a look at couldn't be further than the truth though no, really not um, at all is it <laughs> um, so this is about two brothers one of them is uh, I think they're like step brothers so one was um 
uh, adopted by their father, who is sort of dying or something. He's a, he's a gang warlord, and he bequeaths his empire to his um, stepson rather than his his real son, um, and it causes huge friction. Um, this looks like a pretty decent action movie overall. Um, sort of going back to sort of the um, heroic bloodshed days of uh, sort of the late eighties, early nineties in Hong Kong. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like the look of this. I must admit. Yeah, and it's not often you see a movie that's promoted on the strength of its stunt team, and this yes, one is basically right, yeah. that's that's the whole that's the whole shooting match of what, how they're selling it is it's from the stunt men behind Hunger Games, Skyfall, and Hitman Agent Forty Seven. Now, whatever you think of those movies necessarily, mm-hmm. you know uh, Hitman uh, in particular, mm-hmm. we do know that the stunt men put a hell of a lot of effort into these things, sure. and. I'm sure that that is going to I mean from the trailer. It looks like there's a a lot of effort's gone into the action and stuff. And if they can, if the if the story's there as well, I think mm. we've got a very good uh, independently independent uh, action movie here. Absolutely, definitely one worth looking out for. It's going to be out no. very soon. I think this one. I think it, in fact, oh. it might actually already be out in some territories by the time uh, this cool. is, this wrap sets out. Now the next one is it actually has me kind of divided. Um, it's called The Brave. It's by William Calfin, so it gets me very excited. And, you know, what I've seen in the trailer gets me very excited as well. The only problem is the trailer itself, which yeah. lasts something like three to four minutes long. You know, it's less of a trailer and more of a showreel for, um, you know, distributors or something. Yeah, it's not uh, a good it, trailer. It's way too long. You know, it shows way too much. But what it does show, I like the look of. You know, I, I know William Calfin can direct action. You know, I, I, I just need a very quick sort of teaser, basically, to say, yeah, you know, here comes William Kaufman's latest film. Yeah, I don't, I don't need like three to four minutes of footage. Thank you very much. Now, where was it set? I can't remember. It's like, um... is it sort of Mexico, sort of like, it's oh, so it was sort of South America kind of thing? Yeah, um, so it's your yeah. typical. They're trying to take. I think it's Lewis Mandalore and a team up against yeah. uh, Amanda Sante. Basically, that's right, and, and it, you know, and it's good to sort of see Lewis Mandalore, Mandalore again. You know, he because he, he looks quite different in this one to uh, the way he does in, for example, um, the Debt Collector, um, which I haven't seen yet, just from the trailer, and Battle Drone or Battle of the Drones, as it's uh, also been known. Um, so you know, he's he's got a bit of a different look to him this time, but obviously it's still him. Um, yeah, and he's, he's definitely a star on the rise, I think. Yeah, he's, I mean it's it's taken quite a long time. I mean he has done plenty of leading roles in the past, but it's just yeah. he seems to be more he seems to be around a lot more than he than he ever has been before. I mean previously he goes all he goes back to uh, TV series like um, uh, Martial Law with Sam Hung mm. and uh, Twenty Four Hours to Die. I think was a, another film that he did. You know, we're talking stuff right. back in the two thousands and that. And yeah. That's like he's he's almost like he's been paying his dues, and now he's getting like you know lead role after lead role. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and you know, he's 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 got a lot of charm basically, and he can handle the action. So yeah, good for him. Um, I'd certainly pick up anything that he's he's starring in at the moment. Uh, moving on to our fourth film, it is a, it's called Black Mark. Now, this is quite a different one because it's, it's set during the Cold War. Yeah. It's, an, it's like an espionage thriller about a CIA operative who's been ordered to fire a nuclear missile on his own country by his superiors. Um, 
it's it's weird you know it, it it's it comes across as a bit weird it might be a bit overly convoluted but it, it's it's got a lot of, a lot of atmosphere um some decent acting in it so yeah this this could be a sort of sleeper this one i think i think the sense of place is not necessarily there in or you know mm. place time and place because some of it looks very modern hmm. but you know i'm judging this basically on quick shots obviously that we see in the trailer but it's pretty interestingly put together Trailer, yeah, the concept seems like interesting. Siege, a good siege in his apartment or something going on. I didn't. And, and I couldn't tell whether there was a whole kind of uh, Cuban Missile Crisis angle to all this. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's sort of set around that sort of period, I think, isn't it? <laughs> but um, you don't get any of this from the poster. <laughs> the poster is just a guy holding a gun with the, with the. I think it's like the White House or something behind him saying, "Save the country, save mankind." Uh-huh. Oh, was oh, that like save the cheerleader, save the world kind of thing? <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, that was like over ten years ago. Anyway, um, yeah, Black Mark, I think we'll keep an eye out for. Um, it, could, it could be interesting. Now, Rescue Under Fire. Um, who's releasing this one? Before we get into the trailer, who's who's actually releasing Rescue Under Fire in the UK? Do we know? Uh, the trailer starts off, I believe, by waving a big flag for Eureka, I believe. Okay. Yes, you're right. It is Eureka. Um, but I find the trailer a little bit cynical. I'm surprised about Eureka, really, for pulling this off. Because this is, a, this is a Spanish film. This is... Um, it's a Spanish film, Spanish director, Spanish actors, in Spanish. Don't let anyone know it's Spanish, though. I know, because <laughs> they don't. they don't have any dialogue in the trailer at all. You know, they just have like caption cards come up saying what's happening or something. Um, so, so that's a bit cynical on your behalf, Eureka. You know, I, I just went out and bought bloody Iron Monkey, and I'm you know looking forward to getting Police Story, Police Story Two, and um, City Hunter from you guys later in the year. So I'm rather disgusted that you're sort of pulling this sort of very cynical sort of marketing strategy. Yeah, yeah stick to guns, guys. You know, you're known, you're known for sort of your more esoteric sort of stuff. And if it's Spanish, let people know it's Spanish. Yeah, it's very weird. So, so if, especially as you don't normally see trailers like this that flag up who the distributor mm. is like straight away. It's like so they yeah. put they put this trailer together. Yeah, it's not exactly. like one that they've acquired or, or whatever. But the yeah, they're going out of their way. It's the one of the oldest tricks in the book. You know, the, the mm. first thing we know is if you're watching a trailer and they don't show any dialogue, they're trying it's to hide from you that it's a foreign language film. Exactly. Uh, this is, uh, uh, as you say, in Spanish. It was originally called Zona Hostel. Yeah, yeah, it, it does look really great. good. Yeah, that's the thing. It looks, it looks. You know, um, it's got all the kit and everything. It's, um, yeah, it's it's about um, a helicopter that you know they're supposed to be picking up some soldiers. Um, it falls into a ditch, basically crashes, and uh, you know they, they're under siege and have to wait out the night before they can get rescued. Um, yeah, it, it, look, it looks fine. I, I'd be really interested to see it. I'm, I'm just a bit sort of annoyed and peeved at the, um, that they're sort of pulling this trick. You know, I thought you were better than that, guys. Yeah, it's a very weird. It's like a it's a total high flyers move. <laughs> exactly. It's, 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 <laughs> or a metronome move. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that's uh, Rescue Under Fire. Next on the list is The Domestics. Now, I've actually seen this, and I love it. Um, this is... And, and, and in a way, I can't believe that this sort of film is still getting made. You know, this is... Um, anyone with a hankering for sort of late 80s post-apocalyptic sort of stuff, this, this is it. You know, this is just... It's great. Um, 
it's, it starts off with that great shot of the kids coming out of school and those bombers going overhead um, and, and sort of goes from there. It, it's some really good action and it, you know, it is that sort of like um, uh, sort of Mad Max 2 sort of feel sort of mixed with sort of um, urban America. It, it's, it's great fun. Well, when I was watching the trailer, it really reminded me of uh, Concrete that we watched a while back. Because, you know, that's how it's... Yeah, they're trying to make a journey and they're mm. going to encounter all these sort of weirdly themed gangs mm. along the way. And they set up, okay, the the, end, the world's ended. People have set up in their own little uh, groups and they've got all these mm. sort of novelty names like the mask wearers or whatever it is. Yeah, and stuff. And the, the sheets yeah. and stuff. And, and they're called the domestics. And then they're, and they're, they're making a journey across country to get to mm. a home. Uh, yeah, it looks quite interesting. So it doesn't feel like anything uh, we haven't seen before. But then again, no. most genre films aren't. So yeah, but it it's... is very slick, and the and the action is really well done. You know, so so definitely definitely keep an eye out for this one. Right, moving on to Arctic. Uh, this is this is an interesting. One. This is a horror movie. Intriguing um, title. It is an intriguing title. I, I, I couldn't quite work out. From the trailer, where you know what the re- inference was, um, this is about a young boy who is is kind of like you know he grows up with a serial killer, um, and then meets some other sort of crazy dude later on. It's um, yeah, it's very weird, bit a bit art housey in a way, um, but but looks great. Yeah, know, it was reminding it me of on. stuff like Frailty, yeah, with, um, Bill Paxton. Or directed by Bill Paxton as well, where they're, mm. they're, he's they're the bad. There's a serial killer, but they think they're doing the right thing, mm. uh, and the kid is sort of observing this, and he, then he meets another guy, uh, and yeah, he's probably they, not not the sort of the best sort of role model to sort of um, imprint on, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but um, yeah, now this this looks you know again it's it's very polished, uh, very very well shot. Um, yeah, this this could be very interesting. I think. Yeah, not a lot known about when it's going to be coming out. It's directed mm. by, or written and directed by a guy called Tom Bocci Skrowronski. Uh, Skrowronski, mm. so, I think. So, so as a as a as a difficult name, <laughs> mm. but uh, I think he's. Uh, I think that it's an American film. I think he's done quite a few little shorts and stuff in the past. Sure. So I think this is his first feature, from what I can see. So. I might have to, on the back of this episode, I have to go and check out some of his shorts. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Line them up for next time. Yeah. Right, so the next film, uh, when, when I saw this on the list, I thought, I'm not going to even give this the time of day. Uh, but then out of a sense of duty, I thought, no, I've, got, I've got, got to watch this. So this is called, wait for it, Snake Out of Compton. And oh, yeah. the thing is, I really like this. <laughs> Surprisingly, I mean, you know, the, the 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 snake is ridiculous, but the dialogue is brilliant. Um, you know, the what what we actually get is this sort of like um, is this sort of mashup between a sort of asylum movie and straight out of Compton almost, with a few other sort of homages in there. I mean, so the scientist guy is basically Urkel. Who um, you know, it's not somebody that we in the UK are really familiar with, but anyone in the US will will know exactly who that is. You know, um, yeah. But but I think the way the characters are drawn and everything, I, I think this could be a lot of fun actually. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the um, spoofs can go you know 
easily in the wrong mm. direction. Um, most of them are, these days are rubbish. Yeah, uh, and scary movie movies um, is a good, you know, prime yeah, example. Really. Yeah, and the but this, yeah, um, I, I I was taken with the title when I saw it. I mean, this is actually scheduled for a UK release, uh, not until January next year, but it mm. is on it is on the list, so we will get it at some point unless it gets pulled, obviously. But the um, and I, and I can kind of see why because it's not just a, a fun title; it does actually look like it's actually half decent film. Uh, yeah. it, it is definitely above uh, Asylum quality. It is. I mean, you know, obviously you've got this sort of slightly crappy CGI creature. Yeah. Um, but then there's some, you know, there's a lot of practical effects going on as well. People getting eaten by snakes and things like this going on. And there's this whole beef between, you know, these these rappers wanting to get signed by this label and their drug dealer neighbours and everything. It's it, it looks really, really good. Surprisingly. Okay, on to our final uh, coming soon film this week. Um, is Black Sight. Now, this is directed by friend of the show, uh, Tom Payton. Um, we really liked his film Pandorica, his, his first film. Uh, Redwood, uh, me and Dave reviewed uh, a few episodes back. Really liked that. It was a good take on this whole vampire thing. Uh, this is... It's a mixture of, like, sort of Area 51-style um, aliens kind of thing, but also mixing in sort of the old gods and things like that. Um He's, he's definitely, you know, with each film, the production values are going up and up. And, um, you know, the, the trailer looks great. It's just that, for me, you know, because uh, I follow Tom on Facebook and things, and he keeps posting about how, how greatly this has been received. I'm like, yeah, but we haven't seen Redwood yet. <laughs> We're still waiting for Redwood, and you're sort of going on about your next film. But, um, anyway. And then yes. you just see Redwood, because Redwood, and then, as you say, Redwood yeah, eventually. came out a little while, mm. a while ago. But the uh, yeah, I mean, I I personally not interested in Redwood at all. It just uh, didn't strike me as very interesting. Uh, you know, personally, it didn't strike me as something I was interested to see. Although it was shot in Poland, uh, which I always have some interest in mm. made in Poland. But uh, this one, on the other hand, is like well, you know, it's absolutely uh, in my ballpark. The 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 setup looks really interesting. We've got like a John Carpenter kind of vibe. There's a bit of an assault on Precinct Thirteen ish kind of thing with yeah. or Ghosts of Mars or any of those core. Cool, uh, mm-hmm. Stuck in a stuck in a, a space with your with the antagonist uh, and uh, absolutely. But in this case, the setup's really interesting because we've got uh, gods and it's got that really interesting title, uh, the tagline "Deport All Gods." Mm. You know, it's really intriguing. There's a HP Lovecraft element, I think, in there as well. And, and uh, oh, and uh, the the main thing being that they've uh, they've added some martial arts action into the mix. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's you know, as I say, you know. With with each film, he's sort of developing more and more, because um, obviously that's the one thing that was really missing from Pandorica, was any sort of decent sort of Actually. fight scenes. But um, yeah, no, re- really good to see this. Uh, looking forward to it. So this is out in uh, it's premiering at Fright Fest. Uh, that's right. Yeah. At the end of the in yeah in August uh, or September, I think that is. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, a, a deal will be uh, struck for a uh, cinema or home release uh, not long mm. after that. Absolutely. Yep, so good luck, Tom. Uh, hope it goes down well at Frightfest. Okay, it's time for the review section, and as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, this week we're looking at short films. Uh, this is our third foray into the short film world, and we're going to be looking at 12 titles. 
Um, now we're going to put as many of the links as we can in the footnotes so you can check these out for yourselves. Um, but we're going to start with a film called Partitioned Heart, uh, directed by uh, Matt Morris. This is about um, a guy called Rob, who's a grieving father, um, and he's revisited by his deceased son Daniel through a mysterious program on his computer. And, uh, you know, things are fine for a while, but then uh, Daniel asks a, um, a pretty sort of devastating request. So this is only like eight or nine minutes long. It's very simple. It's basically just a conversation between two people, and one of them is literally just a voice. Um, but but you, you get a lot out of it, I feel, Rich. Yeah, I thought it was very good. The It was very high quality, excellent per- I mean, there's only one actor that you actually see. Mm. Uh, his performance is very good. Uh, it's it's very interesting because it's you you it's one of those films like we find a lot of these things is there's not a lot of explanation and it's mm. all about inference and sort of trying to put the pieces together yourself. And yeah. this is uh, you know we we don't know originally at the start of the film actually what's going on. Then we get a flashback. You're not actually quite sure where you are time you know spatially. Mm. Uh, and then towards you know, after the first few scenes, you got you you gather what's happening, but you don't know how it's happened. But it doesn't it, it doesn't huge it doesn't hugely matter. No. But but the the drama is there. You know, the the, the drama of the situation and what the, what the the two characters are talking about become is the focus, and the sci-fi element is just kind of window dressing, really. It is, yeah, and you know, it's um, it's guy Travis Mitchell is the guy playing Rob and. Um, you know, he, he basically has to go through the whole cycle of grief, you know, the sort of the five cycles, the five stages of grief, basically, from, you know, denial, uh, bargaining, you know, um, anger, all, all these sort of things, you know, um, sort of going through in, in a sort of very short period of time and, and basically sort of, you know, just talking to this sort of disembodied voice. It's, it's very good. You know, you get a couple of inferences that sort of maybe his son committed suicide you know he might have had a sort of psychological disorder or something going on or he might you know i might be totally wrong um you know there's this sort of a, an inference that his wife perhaps blames his sort of workaholic nature as, as being a factor into it who knows but um you know it, it's driven a wedge between them um but you get you get this sort of slight glimmer of hope at the you know in in, in this at the end just to sort of stop it from becoming a total misery fest yeah, it's a definitely one I highly recommend. Mm, yeah, it's 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 pretty stark, you know, but it's it's very well shot, um, and it's it's you know worth worth ten minutes of your time for sure. Yeah, it's made uh, for about five hundred dollars, I believe. Five hundred dollars, yeah. I, I, you can kind of see it because there's, there's no sets or anything. You know, they didn't need to sort of embellish the sort of computer program or anything like that. You know, it's it's um, very simple, yeah, but very effective. Okay, going again, we're dealing with uh, someone going through grief but in a very different way it's a film called to be alone um and in this one we got a guy called william who is uh, also as i said suffering from grief this time uh, the death of his wife although um and, and it, but he's sort of in a he's, he's stuck in a sort of cycle of denial and you know and just he, he just just doesn't know what to do does he but he, he you know he, he's never been as alone as he is and it's just sort of left him in this sort of void state. Yeah, so this is another one where, uh, but it's completely different to the the last one in that this is mm. very dialogue free. 
It's basically yeah. about one guy. There is a little bit of dialogue. There is one other character or two other characters. But mm. the you, you're spending most of your time with this guy. You don't know what's going on. He's just kind of sitting around watching telly. Uh, there's a, a sense of dread sort of builds up. There's a little bit of a horror movie kind of element mm. comes in. And... It, but it is mainly about the drama without wishing to, to spoil it too much. It's, it's, you have to, it, the film leaves you to try and figure out what's happened. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of in, uh, the stuff he's watching on the television. Uh, there's a, you know, a Bible is a key prop in the movie. So, so there's like a religious, but I think there's an element of, as a, the same film I mentioned earlier, uh, frailty. Hmm. There's a, there's an element of that in play here, I believe. Uh, but it's, it, it's down to the viewer. I think the viewer can bring to it what whatever they uh, whatever they want to. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it, it is. It's very good. And as as Rich says, um, you know, the guy playing William has to do everything. Um, sort of Timothy J. Cox's name. Um, you know, he has to do everything without any dialogue scenes at all. You know, it's it's, it's all through his his face. Um, my favourite scene in the film. I mean, there's a, a scene earlier on. Um, you know, the clues we get. You know, from what he's watching on TV, yeah. um, we find out that he sleeps on the couch. Yes, you know that's um, like the first big giveaway, isn't it? That something's really yeah, not right. Something's not quite right. And and for me, the sort of film's best scene and the sort of best shot scene is is when he finally goes upstairs. Yeah, you know, it is the way the camera follows him up, the way the music swells and things like this is absolutely superb. It's it. Yeah, it's one of the. It's it's a bit melancholic and everything, but it's, it's just very well made, very well edited as well. You know, because you got the um, what's been said on the TV and how that affects them, and the um, sort of telephone answering machine sort of way that cuts in as well. It's 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 very very effective, and I think again it's only about twelve minutes long. I think this one, yeah, just yeah. over twelve minutes. So yeah, very good. Okay, moving on to a film called Eighteen. Um, this is a lot longer. Uh, this is, comes in at thirty minutes. Now, I started watching this, and, I, and you know, I knew nothing about it at all. Uh, just started watching it, and then so my eyes sort of drifted down to the tagline of the title because I'm watching it on YouTube, and it sort of mentions the fact that it's by is it British Rail or someone like that? Network Rail. Network Rail. And as soon as I saw that, I went, "Oh no." <laughs> Because I suddenly had flashbacks to my childhood growing up in the 70s and seeing all these public information adverts, yep. um, which were I, horrific. I, I specifically you know. remember a, a one about a boy p- climbing a pylon. Mm. Yep. And uh, that, that one um, that sort of scarred me for life. <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's, uh, there's one about a kid who gets his leg chopped off by a train because he was playing on the train tracks. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, sort of kids drowning, kids getting boiled, um, kids getting into strangers' cars, uh, kids playing with matches and setting the house on fire. Oh, the know. little girl at the with the sparklers. Uh, at oh the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Picking up, the, and picking up a sparkler the next yeah. day. Oh, fuck, so yeah. that's exactly where we are. We're in public information <laughs> film territory. Um, yeah. Most, a lot of short films that you find are put out by you know for not artistic reasons. Mm. are for promote you know they're adverts they're promotional uh, for one reason or other so this is an advert uh, public information film or advert however you want to sort of craft it for to for an set an agenda by network rail to warn young people 
Uh, my problem, my, uh, this has been done in Nottinghamshire. It's only literally just come out in like the last week. Mm. My problem with the film, which I thought was fine, and I thought the the, the uh, there there are some good aspects to it. It's just mm. too long. It doesn't it's need to be yeah. half an hour. It didn't need to be half an hour. Mm. It's uh, yeah. It, it has a long setup. You know, you're watching it for ages, and you have no idea where it's going. You know, except the fact that these three kids or three teenagers keep going back to, you know, walking on the train tracks, sort of thing. You know, sort of near the train tracks. Yeah, it's it's their thing, and and um, you know, you, you kind of wait. It's you know episodes of Casualty. Yeah. You know where you got the setup, and you're thinking, yep. "Oh God, where, where is this going?" You know, it, it's kind of like that, where <laughs> you know you're just wondering what's what's what sort of set of contrivances, or even like Final Destination. You know, you yeah. say, what, what sort of contrivances are going to happen? So you get to sort of the midway point, and this thing happens, and then you got sort of the, the rest of it is like 15 minutes of dealing with the aftermath. Yeah, and you know, um, there was what's it. There's an advert with I think it was Peter Capaldi's a drink drink aware advert where he plays all these different characters. You know, he's the barman and he just changes from one to the other, sort of showing what the consequences are going to be if you have another drink. You know, yeah. Um, and it's kind of like that. It's like, well, this is what's going to happen. You're going to, you know, you're going to lose your friend. You're going to have to go to a funeral. You're going to, you know, you're going to be scarred for life. Basically, it's going to wreck all your relationships. You know, because you did this what about thing. The- what about the one where the guy accidentally killed a little girl and he keeps seeing her everywhere or something? Oh, Christ, that yeah, that's horrible yeah. as well, yeah. yeah. So I will say, with this film, which was made, I think, with us, it was they made it working with the schools in Northamptonshire, I think. Mm. Uh, the moment that the, the horrible thing happens, which I don't want to say what it is, it wasn't basically, it wasn't what I was expecting to happen. No. Uh, and uh, it happens suddenly, incredibly quickly, and really uh really horrifically uh, and i thought they handled that all really well mm. the it's a it's a it's a great it's 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 a really great bit of drama with a bit of a horror element you know because it mm. is quite it is very horrific what happens it's just the aftermath you know it's just they didn't need to you know i know uh these things are important to to recognize or whatever but the point has been made for me uh, you know the the the, the film has peaked. The the the, yeah. the main point that the drama has been reached. The other stuff, yes, okay, that's fair enough. But don't do it for another like fifteen minutes or so. I know that's just a misery been... fest. It really is. Yeah. Uh, major point is what I would say. Absolutely, said. yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, we, I don't think we said uh, what the title of the film is. It's called Eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. Which is uh, it doesn't have an IMDb page or anything yet, as far as I'm aware, but is uh, easily found on uh, YouTube. And say so we'll be putting links in the descriptions if you want to mm-hmm. check it. Yeah, if you want to check it out. <laughs> okay, moving on to a film called Rose Tiger. Um, this is about a young woman who sort of gets, you know, it's kind of infatuated with the sort of, sort of Bruce Lee and things, wants to sort of get into sort of martial arts and ends up... Does she run away from home? I must admit, I skipped through this one a bit. Um, this one didn't really sort of... You know, despite the sort of subject matter, this is this one held my interest the least. That surprises me because I thought the the that you would been uh, really drawn mm. to, to to this kind of no, story. It's, it's something the way that the way it was made. I mean, it is low budget. It's it's probably one of the lowest budget on the, on on the list. Mm. The it's another film where it's 
basically focusing on one character again. It's another film about loneliness, so there's not a lot of dialogue. Uh, we follow, uh, there's a lot of inferences, so we basically discover that uh, this young girl is essentially on her own. She's, mm. She doesn't really see her, uh, I think she lives with her dad, yeah. uh, but he's not, not probably down the pub and stuff. Yeah, he's not, he's not a very good, she's kind of basically on her own. She's spending time uh, watching... Uh, she she's in the she goes to the park for example and she's not engaged with the other young people she's very isolated mm-hmm. and she is drawn to Bruce Lee and Jeet Kune Do and and but she doesn't kind of she's not doing martial arts at this point she's kind of looking at stuff and wandering around this is all in uh, Sussex I think it's actually like bright mm-hmm. and she ends up uh, eventually this is about a fifteen minute film and so let's say after about ten minutes she ends up at a gym uh, where she kind of break. She kind of. It's like she's not supposed to be there. I don't know if she's actually allowed. Yeah. But she goes in and she starts training anyway, and she gets under threat. And then a, a, a rescuer comes in. Uh, I, I don't feel bad spoiling it so much because it's, it's not an amazing film. But the, I think the payoff is quite good. You get a reasonable yeah. fight scene, and the. Again, they don't tell you what's going to happen. They don't tell you the you know, how it's going to unfold, but you get an uh, understanding of what you think is going to be the next step in the story, which in this case, I thought worked okay. Uh, sometimes it's very much a, uh, a lead in that, like, oh, we're not going to give, we're not, we're going to leave it really open because we want to make a feature length story or something. I think in this case, it's not really necessary because I think we've seen mm. stories like this before, but yeah, I was, I was going to mention fighter. Yeah. 2007. Exactly. That's the one I thought. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's what came to mind. That's a brilliant um, film. It is a very good film. Definitely worth checking out. This, yeah, this is all right, but I, I just found myself sort of skipping through, so I wait, waiting for stuff to happen. Um, you know, the the ending is pretty decent. I'll give it that. You know, the, what what happens at the end. So. I think the problem is that it's focused on her, mm. and then it focuses on a some, else, like a male yeah. character rescuer kind of coming in at the end, and I know he's representing. Bruce Lee mm. and her, what she's seeing as, as you know, martial artists and you know, honor and all that sort of thing. Uh, but sure. it kind of detracted. I felt at the end, you know, I kind of wanted the focus of the film at the end to be more on her and what she was achieve, going, you yeah. know, essentially going to achieve was a bit like a, I don't know, not not necessarily Lady Bloodfire, but you know what I'm getting mm. at, you know, the, the sort of yeah, triumphant exactly. heroine at the end. Uh, we get there's a there's some use of clips of actual use of clips of Bruce Lee, so we see him in Long Street, uh, mm-hmm. and that uh, it's quite a famous uh, interview clip where he talks about um, being water, yeah, uh, that's and, right, yeah. And, and that and that's used quite effectively, I thought. But this was probably made for you know practically no money at all, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought consider all good things considered, I thought it was a nice little film. Moving on, um, and I must admit, it's another film I didn't particularly like. Uh, this is called Sweetwater. Um, I've got issues with this. The concept is great. Mm. It's about um, this, basically a space cloud comes into our atmosphere and contaminates all drinking water. Um, so basically we have to launch a mission to, um, what's the planet called? En- Enceladus or something? Anyway. Well, I think they're looking through the galaxy, looking through for uh, different places. What is what mm. I gathered? They were just going. And... Yeah, because I think there's a thing saying that that the the US have sort of grabbed hold of Titan and things like this. But um, 
Yeah, so so we're launching a mission to to one of the sort of things either Mars or Saturn's moons to this to find water and, and sort of ferry it back to it to England um, because we've only got like a few years left of water. Um, my issues with this is it looks too art house for a start for this sort of genre, and the score is way too intrusive. It, you know, the score is sort of over the top of people trying to talk, and the trouble is these guys aren't the best actors anyway. You know, they're not the strongest actors and the, the dialogue has been drowned out by yeah. this stupid score, basically. Yeah, you know? I had a problem with that as well. Um, you know, other things, you know, it, it tries too hard to sort of give you a sense of time, but say, it's in the future, so we're going to have flying cars and things going on. You know, it doesn't really need all that. Um, and there's a silly sort of drama bit that you know, when the guy's on the mission and they get to the the moon and all of a sudden the captain starts having a go at him and about his background and things like this. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. Uh, and I don't know, the ending just felt all over the place as well. So we're in, in interstellar and sunshine territory here. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, I was drawn to this film because of the poster. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really, really good poster. Uh, it's directed by Drew Casson, who's got a couple of feature films behind him as well. Uh, Hungerford and The Darkest Dawn. Yeah, uh, now, I I'm not like sure the look of Hungerford, actually. Uh, which would... and Yeah, I think Hungerford was a lot lower budget. I think Darkest Dawn, he had a bit... He, quite, he had more of a similar sort of money. You know, it looks similar to, to this. It's sort of like big sort of visual effects mm-hmm. uh, in it. And that. the weird thing about this one is, it like it starts off with a nice, quite visual thing, and then it cuts to this classroom with like really, really cheaply shot. Really bad it. acting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh no, it was kind of losing me like that because I hate it when that happens. Uh, I think it, we we looked we looked at something a while back, and it was like, yeah, the first start of it, oh that was it, uh, the mountain, the Turkish film mm. opens with fantastic opening credits visual sequences, yeah. and then cuts to this internally shot sequence which was clearly made on uh, with uh, yeah. a lot lower yeah, budget and stuff and I was, it just almost yeah. drew me out of the film because I was like oh no this is um, but the film does pick up uh, I had trouble watching it because the YouTube video just kept stopping so I, mm-hmm. I watched half of it on the screen uh, big screen half of it on my phone as a sort of a rush thing kind of it, it, it wasn't a good viewing experience so I've kind of broken out of it the um, I think there's some really nice visual effects in it mm-hmm. uh, it's not novel enough uh, and yeah, I think we've kind of and as there's a film we're going to talk about, I think in a minute, which I think did a similar story a lot better. Okay, um, in fact, yes, we're moving on to a film called FTL, which you can imagine stands for Faster Than Light. Um, the effects in this one are far superior to anything else on this list, um, and it's got a pretty decent story. And in fact. You know, it's it's probably one of the most heartwarming stories I've come across with a sci-fi um, setting. Uh, this is about an astronaut um, test piloting a new faster-than-light drive. Um, everything's successful when he gets to Mars. Gets to Mars in three minutes, but on the return journey, something goes wrong, and he gets flung across the other side of the galaxy. Um, very, very high production values all round on this one. Mm. Um, apart from the fact that the pilot himself, the astronaut, is a little bit on the portly side. <laughs> I thought it was a bit weird that he wasn't wearing a helmet. 
Yeah, I thought so too, <laughs> considering what was happening at the end. He's, he's travelling faster than light and everything. <laughs> mm, I thought that might have been, um, you know, an, an, um, an essential part of his equipment. But then again, I suppose, you know, I guess it's like the Star Wars thing. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. the uh, he's, he's flying the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, I guess. It's just like <laughs> getting into a car. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's resonances of um, the abyss here um, for sure. Uh, I, 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 I really liked it. I, I wasn't too keen on the his son. Uh, you know, it's like oh god, kids in films. But um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I, I liked the ending. I thought it was really smart. So yeah, um, FTL really, really good. I mean, great model effects and everything going on here as well. Yeah, um, I like the little style. Star Trek references they throw in. Yeah, well. that was really funny. Yeah, I, I quite like that as well. It's it's cool. Incredible, say incredibly polished film. Good drama. Mm. It doesn't try to overreach itself. It's not ponderous or you know poncy. Yeah. It just it gets. It's a story. It takes about fifteen minutes. It, it doesn't really mess about. It kind of just gets on with it. Whereas say Sweetwater was a bit kind of meandering mm. and uh, drippy. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I really like this a lot more. Mm-hmm. Now, up, to, up till now, the films we've been discussing have been pretty much um, sort of self-contained stories, haven't they? I mean, they're not they're not looking um, to sort of be embellished later on. But but I think a lot of the ones we're going to be talking about now are parts of a series or ongoing series, you know, or things that people are hoping to sort of embellish and sort of grow into something bigger. Yeah, that's very um, fair. And the, the first one we look at is is called um, Hellmen of Agency Nine. Um, now this is a sort of a Manchurian candidate with a sort of sci-fi element to it. It's probably the most, dare I say, it, sort of amateurish of the films we're looking at. Um, amateurish is probably the wrong word. Sort of inexperienced, I think. Um, you know, no, I think it's. I think I'd, I'd reserve that probably for something like Rose Tiger. Yeah, but, um, sure. The this has got some quite. You know, there's a lot of interesting ideas I think at play here, hmm. uh, even though they couldn't afford ne- you know necessarily the uh, the best actors. The the scenario itself is quite interesting. I didn't love it. I'll be honest. Uh, hmm. The uh, but there's some there's some interesting aspects. There's a whole sort of David Cronenbergy. Uh, video drama, I don't know, whatever kind of yeah, weird fle- like fleshy yeah. glasses things that one of the characters wear. There's a lot of in, uh, there's a lot that's unexplained. You don't really know what's going on. It's very sort of weird and unusual. Mm. Um, it kind of lost me with its weirdness, though, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I I watched this twice and I struggled with the second viewing. You know, I got through it the first time because it was just so so weird and so like thing. But um, the second time watching it, I found it more of a struggle. Um, you know, there's, as you say, there's a lot of elements. I think they're sort of trying to cram in as many ideas as they can, um, you know, so, so they can sort of expand on them later on. But it's, yeah, it's it's interesting, but I, th- I think it needs another go. You know, I, th- I think they need to look at it, maybe sort of streamline it a bit more, um, take out some of the sort of the weirder elements, or, yeah. or sort of add add more sort of running time to it, because because even even right at the end, it sort of throws you a loop. Um, with, with sort of one of the characters who we met earlier on, yeah. suddenly coming back into it and sort of being a bigger presence than you initially thought. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's, yeah, it's 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 interesting. 
Um, got some weird ideas. As you say, it's got that sort of Cronenberg element. It's got this weird element where he's on the phone and then somebody points out that it's not plugged into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and things like this. Um, and, and there's this sort of weird sort of Manchurian candidate sort of thing going on or, or you know, that, um, where he's sort of kind of being brainwashed into thinking he's sort of done something. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, a curiosity, this one. Now, this um, is probably the oldest film on our list, but mm. it, the reason it's on the list is because it hasn't actually really been released yet, uh, at least not broadly, uh, to, you know, mm. it, for example, you can't get it on YouTube and stuff is what we're basically saying. No, that's it, right. And so it, this was from, was like, actually, 2013. Yeah, this was um, passed to me by the, the, um, the writer of it, actually. Stephen Papineau. Um, yeah, he, he, he got in contact and... Um, so would like to review it. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, I, I, I'll have to find out a bit more about its history and what they sort of plan to do with it. I think, um, but yeah, it's it's a curio one. This, this is the one that might not be available on um, on the footnotes, but uh, hopefully at some point we'll, we'll we'll add it anyway. Yeah, it's intriguing. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of place on one of you know. So for example, we looked at. Uh, a, short, a film that was released. It was a compilation of shorts, wasn't Galaxy it? Galaxy of Horrors. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, Galaxy so of Terror or something like that. This yeah, would certainly would not be out of place in one yeah. of those. Yeah, it would, it would fit into one of the. Yeah, as a segment, it would fit into one of those perfectly. Yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's move on um, to the shortest one on the list. About yes. two minutes forty-four seconds. It is called Tank. Um. This is great. This is um, this is a CGI movie, but it's um, if anyone remembers the old game, what's it called? Battle Drone. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Where it's basically green, know. sort of wire rendered, um, sort of um, graphics. Or Tron um, for the rest of us. Or Tron, even <laughs> yeah. So so it's that sort of thing where where you know you just get sort of the outline of the things, but it's this neat neat little sort of um, battle between these sort of fighter planes and a, and a giant tank. And um, and what happens? It's it's very short, you know, but it's it's very effective. I think, yeah. Um, yeah so so it's pretty cool. A little showpiece animated. I think it's the it is the only animated film on our list. It's, it uh, is, it's completely yeah. animated, no dialogue. It's a visual uh, a visual effects showcase piece for Red Giant, who we've talked about before. They they're a, oh, yeah. a software company uh, helping you know you know manufacture stuff to provide for filmmakers, and then they make films to sh- show it off. So they did my favourite film of, uh, I think it was last year or the year before. Uh, no, I think it must have been last year. Uh, favourite short film, Go Bag. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they've done stuff with uh, Patton Oswalt and various other yeah. people. Uh, Seth Worley is the one who normally directs, but this is mm-hmm. a, a visual effects guy called um, Seth Mankiewicz, or uh, I think his name is. And, uh, yeah, very, you know, good, you know. Passes a you know a, a few minutes. Uh, you know it's different to anything else you'll see. You know on on our list. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, next one is called Ballistic. Now we're sort of stepping up the tempo now. Um, things are getting more violent as we go on. Um, now so I'm guessing you love this, Mike. Am I right? I, I did. I really did. Um, but at the same time, I found it quite schizophrenic. Uh-huh. Um, the flashbacks don't quite marry up to what you're seeing, and you know there's there's too ma- too many unanswered questions, you know, um, yeah. going I, on. I share that concern. 
Um, but what we do see is very good, you know, but it just does leave us sort of asking a lot so what the fuck's going on for a start. So in this one we have a young woman who um, is escaping from a bunch of guys. She's got some sort of timer on her wrist, kind of like that film with... Um, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake called In, in Time. Time. Yeah. Um, you know, she seems to be pretty capable as far as sort of martial arts and weaponry is concerned. There's some great pyrotechnics and things going on. Uh, and then we get these flashbacks. It turns out this is a post-apocalyptic world we're, we're, we're um, sort of viewing because it flashes back to when she was a young girl and the sirens have gone off. You know, it's the end of the world as we know it. And we get this sort of drama where her and her mother are trying to get into a um, a fallout shelter before, you know, the, the bombs drop, basically. It's 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 very well done. The, these scenes are great. You know, the, um, the, the terror and the, you know, the tension are absolutely superb. The trouble is it just doesn't marry up with what we're seeing in the future, you know, yeah. or the present, should I say. I couldn't it, connect it, the dots between... Mm-hmm. The, the world is ending or, or whatever and how she is suddenly this I mean she's got this thing mm-hmm. in her which we don't know what that means mm-hmm. uh, uh, but she's clearly got some capabilities and that so has she been engineered or something but you, you don't really get that from the flashbacks so yeah, you don't know where she's come from you know is it an alias kind of thing or something or any I don't know yeah. it was re- it's no, really it's, weird it's right. and, the, and the way it ends as well is that sort of very enigmatic sort of thing where you know to be continued yeah you know that sort of thing um which again because because it ends with saying oh this is the end of phase two and they think well what was phase one then you know nobody's explaining anything really um but you know on a technical level okay let's put this put this the plot and the actual storyline to one side on a technical level this is very well done the um the action sequences are great um, yeah, the whole stuff with the you know the, the nuclear bomb and everything, awesome. Um, it's not something we see a lot of, um, and yeah, I was, I was really you know um, tuned in for that bit. I thought it was brilliant so, how underplayed it was because it's mm. it, you see the explosion just happen way way in yeah, the distance, yeah, and right, then yeah. the blast hits and you get the, that sort of shattering window and stuff. I thought it was brilliantly, mm. uh, brilliantly. It done. was very very well done indeed. Yeah, so this has got a lot of potential. You know, it needs to be expanded. It's it's begging to be expanded um, in, in, into something bigger, uh, and you know, may, maybe even a TV series. You know, um, just to sort of really sort of sort of do it justice. But it's for what it is. It's great. This is what thirty minutes long, I think. Uh, eighteen. 18 minutes. Probably about 15 minus credits. Minus credits. So, yeah, watch this in your lunchtime. You'll have a blast, basically. We got big action scenes with, uh, we've got uh, cars flipping and Mm. big SUVs. Uh, It's the the, uh, heroine being pursued by a bunch of guys, you know, sort of Michael Mm. Bay type group in their big uh, SUVs chasing after her. I could have sworn that the, that the main guy with the beard was Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky uh, <laughs> until he started speaking with an American accent. <laughs> Even then, I was like, he just looks so much like him. And I was like, no, it definitely isn't. But Because uh, I'd just watched the Universal Soldier films uh, oh, yeah, too yeah. recently, yeah. and he's like, he was a dead ringer for him. Uh, he was good. Uh, the, the Yeah, the, the actually, you know, you get men on fire and stuff. This is from direct, mm. writer-director Ryan Conley. He's made... Uh, you know, like a dozen 
shorts in the past. This is like his biggest budget. He's uh, he's on Film Riot, uh, so a lot of or he is Film Riot. I'm not sure, but the uh, he's he's like the front man on that. So a lot of the films he makes are about how to make a good uh, sure. chase scene, fight scene. Even that's the name of quite a lot of his shorts. It's like you, oh, you look on Christ, his yeah. like, we resume. Looked at, we looked you got at whole Barbara fight Hyde. Yeah, yeah. The whole fight one was awesome. Uh, yeah. So he he knows what he's doing with the action, and he knows and he, you know technology. So if you're interested in filmmaking, uh, take a look at this film and the behind the scenes stuff and uh, the other stuff that Film Riot do. Hmm. It's highly recommended because they t- they'll tell you the cameras that they've used and all sorts and how how they sort of work their budgets and. That's really, you know, a fantastic, you know, fantastic what they're doing, uh, and they definitely deserve to um, uh, go on to, you know, even bigger and better things. I really can't wait to see a, a feature film uh, yeah, from absolutely. these guys. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Okay, next up is um, a film called Cash, the series, chapter one. Strictly business, so you know this is setting its stall out quite clearly that this is they expect this to be the first part of an ongoing series, and although you know it's got a sort of a cheap look to it, from an action point of view, this is very solid indeed. You know when the action kicks in, uh, the fight scenes we get are really really good. In fact, that you know the fight he has with the um, the big guy with the camo pants on. Yeah, I thought thought it was really, really good indeed. I I thought the problem was it just takes too long to get where it where it's trying mm. to go. Uh, yeah. The you know you're waiting. The, the fight scene is the payoff. This is a, a vehicle for uh, Mares Crump, who's yeah. uh, who's a uh, uh, ways well, he's experienced. Uh, he did a lot of training in Thailand and stuff with Panaritikrai. The film is actually dedicated to. Panaritikrai. Uh, he worked on now I haven't seen it but he worked on uh, Warrior King 2 or Tom Yong Gung 2 or the Protector mm-hmm. 2 whatever uh, the, the different title is I'm pretty sure he, he worked on that so I've actually not really seen anything of him uh, as far as I'm aware until this time yeah. I, so I thought it was fine but say so it does have that low budget it's got the passion they're trying to get the project going mm. it just takes a little bit too long it rubbed me up the wrong way I've got a thing about movie credits and this kind of rubbed me up the wrong way because it, at the start, because it doesn't start out with the title. It, it comes up chapter one, uh, Strictly Business, first. Hmm. Then after the first scene, it comes up with Cash the Series, which I think is a really weird thing to put anyway. Hmm. Why not just put Cash or something? And then the title comes up again at the end of the credits. Yeah. So, so why do I need the title of the film twice? It's it's only a ten minute film. <laughs> You're not going to forget, that's for sure. So, so that was, I mean, it's a really sort of pit, uh, nitpicky thing to to go for, but you know, stuff like that matters. To me. And uh, uh, it was really only the time that the film got to the fight scene that I was actually engaged with it. I was getting a bit fed yeah. up before that. I must admit, I was getting a bit annoyed with the um, sort of racial slurs <laughs> as well. You know. Um, I th- I think that's going to limit its audience a bit. Um, you know, they, they, I think they could have come up with something better with the dialogue. I mean, I like the idea. You know, the guy, this guy, this is a guy who's got his own set of rules. You know, he doesn't want to get anyone involved in his issues. Um, so, you know, he, he goes to get this because he's a debt collector. He's supposed to go and get his money, but then he holds off because the guy's with his wife and sort of no, I want to get him alone. Sort of later. Um, so yeah, uh, 
hopefully we'll get a part two, you know, chapter two. I think they're quite, you know, I think they're quite ambitious. The, the, the thing is, they've not mentioned, as far as I'm aware, how often they intend these episodes to drop. Mm. So that's kind of a, they should, they should, when they release the poster or something, they should have said, you know, we're aiming to get these out, you know, once a month or once a week mm-hmm. or something. You can yeah. go onto the channel, you can subscribe, but you know how long are you, you know how long's piece long of string. Sometimes yeah. you know things have, you know, you sign up and then you know you might not see another one for two years. You just don't know. But yeah. hopefully they'll be a bit more frequent than that. If they mm-hmm. if they if they put some in the can already, you know we might get a series of you know four episodes here within uh, not too long. So I'm definitely going to check it out again, and I'm interested to yeah. see where it goes. Absolutely, and and, and but, you know the guys, the guy who does the um, fight choreography thought he did a really good job. Um, for this, and um, you know, keeping keeping an eye for his name as well. Yeah, I can't remember what his name was. So I did. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was like, is it like a something like with initials like JP? Two letters or something, Tai or Kai or something like that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we'll yeah, see. Anyway. We'll see what happens with the next episode. Anyway, indeed. Okay, our penultimate uh, trailer, trailer even our penultimate film is The Broken Gear. Um, yeah, so this is a it's, it's based on the video game Final Fight, which I used to love playing. I must admit, um, played it a lot. So Final Fight is what came out after Double Dragon, okay. you know, sort of similar similar sort of idea, sort of left to right scrolling screen where you, you know you got baddies coming at you left and right, and you just sort of kung fuing all the way through. Uh, and they do sort of manage to sort of pick up a few of the ideas from the game the game gave you the option of playing three different characters and watching the film i didn't cotton on to this until the end that the um the the, the mayor elect was the third character because because in the in the game he's a big right. sort of big big sort of muscly russian bruiser sort of a wrestler kind right. of guy you know um a bit a bit more like the guy from pitbull you know with the, with the mohican but yeah. um Anyway, so yeah, and there's a couple of little homages to the to the game, um, like um, sort of the weapons they use, you know, the knives and the um, the lead pipe that he picks up. Um, the only thing missing from this actually is it in in the game. There's always a bonus scene, you know, after you finish a level where you get to kick the shit out of a like a car, like a Lamborghini or a Porsche or something, and, and totally destroy it. So that would have been quite fun if they managed to sort of get that in there. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought this was really well written. I thought the script was absolutely superb. The dialogue that the characters get was really good. Um, you think like the guy with the sort of the red mohawk, when we meet him, you know, and he suddenly comes out of nowhere, and and the and the speech yeah. he gives to the and and the speech he gives to the recruits as well. You know, it, it's it's. It's top notch. It really is. The, um, really, really well written dialogue. I thought it was very good. And even um, uh, Cody, you know, at the end when, when he's sort of saying like, he likes sort of beating these guys up and, and his reasons for it, you know, um, I, I just, I just really, really like the dialogue. The action is great as well. But um, yeah. So I thought the uh, I had a bit of trouble with the main. The main character, the 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 um, Cody, the sort of, yeah, with the the hat and the the, the white t shirt guy. Yeah, he's. Uh, mm. I didn't think he was an, a great presence. He kind of looks. He's got a, a funny look about him, and also I didn't think his fighting was 
was mm. as impressive as I think it was supposed to look. Uh, this is not at the level of some other films uh, I think uh, uh, that we've um, covered in the past and, and we'll talk about in the future. Uh, it's not the choreography isn't to the to sort of. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to spoil it. The, the, the next, the standard of the next film that we're going to talk about, mm. basically, uh, Eric, uh, sort of Eric Jacobus, uh, uh, sort of Scott Atkins kind of level. No. It's it's not there, but it was decent. And but the the thing I liked about it most was uh, Don Fry as the uh, mayor, uh, mm. as you say, the former, the, the retired fighter turned mayor, who's who's, who's uh, sort of uh, straight talking. He's not going to you know give any mm. you know. Blow, blow smoke up anyone's ass or anything. Uh, I thought he was great. I really loved him in in uh, Godzilla: Final Wars, uh, which which cast him as um, you know Japanese movie, but casts sure. a wrestler, an, an American wrestler, speaking English in the lead role uh, and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, and he was and he's good fun in that. He is a wrestler in real life, uh, as far as I'm aware, and uh, worked in Japan and, and all over the uh, all over the shop. He's a massively big, imposing sort of Charles Bronsony kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but like Charles, like a really muscly Charles Bronson, got a mm-hmm. fantastic moustache. Uh, that mm-hmm. is his moustache. That's not for the movie. Uh, so he just looks great. He does actually get an action scene. He's not a young guy, but yeah. he does get a bit of action towards the end of the film. It's about half an hour movie. And I liked it. I, I would definitely watch it again. And I think there's, I would like to see more of it. I don't know Final Fight. Uh, I knew, I'd heard of the game. Mm. But I didn't really know anything about it. So I don't know how this fits in with the thing. All that sort of stuff about talking about mad gear and, and that sort of just sounded really yeah. strange to me. And broken I mean, I, I, gear, I know, I don't... I, you know, playing, playing the video game, you don't pick up on any of that at all. You know, it's probably on. Xbox or PlayStation, you know, they have to give you the backstory mm. a bit more. But um, when, you, when you're just playing it in, a, in an arcade, you're not really that bothered about what the backstory is. You're just there to sort of kick, kick ass, basically. Yeah. The, the bit I really like to miss is the fact that um, the, sort of the Cody character, when he, when he goes and starts kicking people's ass in the, um, the, through the recruits and things, and he's just standing there and he's just so tense. You know, he's breathing hard, his face is so clenched, and he just yells like, oh, come on! Sort of like, you know, <laughs> I, I just thought it was a really, really good sort of cinematic moment. It's something you don't see. So, so yeah, definitely um, enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so, so I, I enjoyed this. I thought it was, you know, I mean, Final Fight is quite an obscure sort of video game to base a, um, you know, a short on, but, but kudos to the guys who did this for sure. Yeah, this is made by the Game Basement. Productions. It's a fan film, so I'm, mm. this literally just dropped like a, a, like a couple of the other films this week. You know, uh, recently it's uh, like just come out like in the last week or so. So it was it was just really fortunate. I think the last time we did a a, a, a short special, we had the Far Cry short that's film right. yeah, yeah. planned. Uh, I know that's a different kettle of fish, but mm. it's it's just nice that we we had this idea of doing this show in mind, and just mm. all these films decided to come out. So yeah. uh, it's uh, it's it's really nice and timely, and mm. yeah, definitely. Definitely worth checking checking this one out. Okay, so moving on to our to the big daddy of the list, um, not just in times of quantity, but also in quality. Um, this is Blindsided the Game, and it runs at forty five minutes, so it's it's the longest film on our list by quite a bit. Um, but they kind of cheat, don't they, Rich? Um, because the first 10 minutes or so of this is basically 
the original Blindsided, and I'm pretty sure yeah. they've re-edited it. Uh, they might have re-edited it slightly. They've just yeah. they've expa- It's an expansion, basically. Sure. So this is an un- this is an unusual case in 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 these things. We don't normally mm. see short films that are developed into even longer short films. Yeah. Which even this weird. one might actually even develop even to even a longer feature. So it's kind yeah. of a progression. It deserves um, to. It really yeah. does. Um, I this the incorporation of that first ten minutes mm. is good for newcomers. Yes. But I think for me. I would have rather this been a, a prop, what I originally expected it to be, which was a sequel. So if there was a, a 30 minute, if this was the 30 minute sequel hmm. to Blindsided, I would have preferred that. I would have I'd like watch one film. Okay. I don't have to watch that one all the whole lot hmm. of that again, just so I can watch the new, the news, the new part of the story. But never mind. They might have tweaked some plot elements or I something. Think, not sure. I think what it is is that Roger Yuan's character. Um, I'm pretty sure he was when he sits down in you know at the back. He, he lights a cigarette and starts smoking while while he's watching the fight. But um, in in this version, he doesn't. So I'm not sure if that's a, a false memory or not. Um, one of the things I did like that I didn't pick up before is that inside his shop, on the, on the door is a sign with um, Apu's face from The Simpsons with "Thank you, come again." I sort of written underneath. I thought it was quite nice. There's um, a lot of posters actually um, throughout the whole movie, uh, it peppered uh, here and there. Some of them for martial arts films, some of them not. Uh, there's a warehouse scene. Uh, the main, yeah, the main action sort of takes place in this warehouse, and there's loads of little, uh, there's loads of posters. Well, this, so this is we talked about Blindsided before. I think it was one of our previous episodes, yes. yeah. and uh, this is Eric Jacobus uh, back again as uh, the blind character Walter. Who's more than meets the eye? There's a, there's definitely much more. Uh, the first film had a bit of a blind fury flavour. This goes full on blind fury. Yeah, uh, uh, it really does. No, no bones about that. And he's, t- you know, it's, it's top class uh, martial arts action. Uh, you know, you you just can't get any higher quality than this, really. No, I want to give a a shout out to David William No, who plays Ace. Who's the main henchman to um, sort of the main bad guy Sal? Um, you know, from the very first scene he's in, when because you know the henchmen come running in and say, "Oh yeah, some blind guy kicked our ass," sort of thing, and he just see, you know, everyone starts laughing. Oh, blind guy! But he just gives them a look. You know, he just goes, "Really?" You know, just with his eyes, and it's like, you know, he right away. He's setting himself out from being different to the rest. You know, he he he's not going to underestimate um, Walter at all, and you know he doesn't disappoint. He's he's got this very smart look, and then when you get to he's the one with the peak cap, isn't he? He's the one with the peak cap and the yeah. you know the, the the waistcoat and things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you know he has this great fight scene with him as well, and and also the, you know that moment he has where he's just he's just being totally silent, you know, and he he, he fools him. It's it's just a great little moment, you know. It's, it's just I just like I like henchmen who are intelligent, you know. Um, it's one of the reasons I like Precious Cargo so much. It's got a very intelligent henchman in it, you know, so someone who's actually sort of doing some thinking for once. Um, but yeah, this is this is a great story. It's very much based on, you know, as you say, Blind Fury, um, Zatoichi, as we know. Um, it's, it's that sort of thing. And the other thing, I don't know if you picked up on this, um, the previous films they did, 
which are called Rope Dope. Yeah. Are all about the um, the kung fu mafia. Um, you know, this guy running into the kung fu mafia. I don't think. Well, in, in at the beginning of the film, there's um, a newspaper headline saying kung fu mafia are taking over Miami or something. Yeah. I don't think Walter has met the kung fu mafia yet. I don't right. think he's come up against them. I don't think the, you know these guys aren't the kung fu mafia basically. Yeah. So so there's you know there's, there's bigger things to come for 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 this guy. Yeah. Well, going back to, to talking about it being an expansion of the original film, I had I didn't quite I didn't really like uh, the way that the quality the, the the new footage has been shot very differently to the original film. Uh, they've sure. gone up a step, and that's very noticeable. But um, it's a very minor quibble. The I did like how they developed the characters. You know, we get um, uh, right. It's because it's an expansion of the story. You mm. go back to the uh, see uh, Roger Yuan as uh, what's his name? Gordon yeah. uh, is the shopkeeper who's in trouble with the uh, debt uh, with the Mac, Sal. Yeah. yeah, Sal. And the they him and Walter go to the pub. And we'll go to the bar and they have a little catch up and you know, they talk a bit about their stories and that, which is a bit heavy handed, but uh, I quite like the development of that. Uh, Gordon actually gets in on the action a little bit, which was a nice surprise. Yeah, it was a nice little bit. Though. Uh, yeah. He he's actually the choreographer of the knife fighting in the film. Hmm. Uh, he's got a quite a long, you know, he's got quite a long stunt history himself. Uh, so he's been around. He, 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 I think he's in, he's in he's in Accident Man as well, isn't he? Uh, he is, yeah, and uh, other things yeah. like uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh-huh. and, uh, the Fifth Commandment, all sorts of stuff he's done over the years. Angel of Death was another one. Yeah, so he's really yeah. cool, and uh, he's even in uh, Shanghai New with, uh-huh. uh, with uh, Jackie Chan. The uh, so I think he actually had quite a big role in that, if I remember correctly. But the yeah, so he's great. Eric Tacovas is fantastic as Walter, who's kind of yeah. this uh, unassuming, but you know, he's like. He's completely playing everyone around him. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm, I'm being really silly. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm actually purposefully uh, beating the crap out of you uh, using my special. Uh, uh, he's actually even more Matt Murdock-like in this than, than ever, really. It's, it's kind of yeah, kind of kind of cross between Matt Murdock and Clark Kent, basically, isn't it? <laughs> That's where he comes across. But he's a great character, and you know, it, it really deserves full feature. You know, it really does. The, it's the, a, it's a crime that, Matt, that Eric Jacobus isn't making films like like uh, Scott Atkins is really. Yeah, absolutely. View. Yeah, yeah, because he's definitely got the, the he's, he's got the chops. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is our roundup of shorts for the time being. Um, can I, I just? Said, can, sorry, I, I just wanted to mention Sal uh, yes. in 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 Blindside because I thought Sal was great. And did you notice how he was wearing sunglasses as a, like a counterpoint to? to yes. Um, yeah. Uh, to Walter, he's in this warehouse in the dark, and he's wearing these sunglasses. And they even have a scene where he's wearing reading glasses over the top of his sunglasses, <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, and he just barely ever—he doesn't really take them off until uh, like a nice little moment later on. But mm. yeah, Sal, Sal was really good. The the problem is Sal shouts, and and he shouts really well, but the audio is recorded really badly, so it go it goes all fuzzy whenever whenever Sal shouts. Did you notice that? I didn't actually. But no, I'm listening on my headphones. So I've seen it on a couple of other. I think I've watched another film recently, and whenever somebody raises their voice, the speakers, the, the recording equipment can't handle it, and, and the right. mix is a sort of the mix clearly wasn't able to resolve it. So that kind of that great grated a little mm. bit. Unfortunately, it's the only technical part of the film, apart from the 
splicing together of old footage and new footage that that bothered me. Uh, but you know the fight scenes that. And if anybody hasn't seen Road for Dove uh, and Road for Dove Two, yeah, and the other ones, they uh, they they need to go and check those ones out as well. Any anything Eric Jacobus has been involved he's attached worth to seeing. Although I, he he has made feature films. He did one called Contour, which is okay, but it's not it's not it's not it's not great. It's a it's a right. com- action comedy, and uh, I thought the comedy fell flat on him. But he's an incredibly talented guy, and can't wait to see what him and director uh, Clayton. Clayton yeah. Barber to next. Absolutely. So that is a roundup of uh, short films for the time being. Um, we shall put as many of the links as we can into the footnotes. I think there's only one which we're a bit dodgy about at the moment. I need to check with the um, the guy who supplied it to me. But please, please check them out. Most of these you can sit through your lunch hour and, and uh, just watch on your phone or something like that. But um, yeah, spare some time for Blindsided, that's for sure. Uh, it, it's definitely definitely worth seeing uh and i'm sure you know in another sort of month or two's time we'll be taking a look at another dozen uh shorts because um we we love them here at the uh, dtv digest it's time for the last part of the show so it's down to me and rich to get on with the washing up and we're going to kick off with hmm okay so this film is called an act of war Yes. Okay, and this is being put out by New Horizons Films. Shame on you, New Horizons Films, um, because like Eureka, you have gone the cynic route of uh, doing your marketing. Um, This film is a mostly shot in black and white art house version of Taxi Driver. Is it? Not, Not that you would get that at all from the cover. Um, this is selling it as a sort of desert storm action fest kind of thing. Mm. Um, but no, this is about a guy after he comes back and suffering from post-traumatic stress, um, gets a job as a um, projectionist in a sort of art cinema uh, and goes a bit taxi driver-ish. Um, yeah, it's it's all shot in black and white from the trailer anyway. Um, there's one splash of red against a American flag. Well done. You know, um, but yeah, this is a guy sort of going off the deep end basically when he gets back home. Um, it took me a while to find a trailer for it. You know, um, New Horizons films do like like um, Three Wolves, who me and Dave discussed at length last time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New Horizons don't seem to have a website of their own, um, and you know, which is kind of what sort of film company doesn't have a, a website? You know. Um, so they've got this cover, which shows a guy walking towards the viewer, helicopters, explosions, you know, but no, it's just nothing. But the guy standing in the foreground, that is from the original poster uh, of IMDb, but what they've done is they've changed all the background. Changed the background, because on the the cover of the IMDb, I think he's walking across... um, A bridge. Yeah, sort of Brooklyn Bridge or something like that. Golden Gate Bridge or something like that. Yeah, so... Brooklyn Bridge, yeah. Totally d- different sort of scenario. So, so I'm, yeah, a bit. This is the sort of thing you know we like to highlight. You know, the, the way the way films are sort of very cynically marketed sometimes, um, and we you know we point out the fact that war films get eaten up left, right, and centre in the UK. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this in the top five next time. Purely because you know it's a war film, go for it. Um, but I think people who are viewing it 
are going to be a bit miffed that they've been sort of very mis- misled. Mm. Anyway, enough about that piece of crap. Uh, Beyond Suspicion. Now, I, I believe this was originally called Bent. It is indeed. In in uh, the US. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons, um, it's been retitled in the UK, because uh, that obviously has different connotations over here than it does there. Um, this sees Carl Urban, a character actor I really, really like, um, as a cop under suspicion. Um, sort of dirty dealings. We have Andy Garcia. We have um, Sophia uh, Vergara from um, Modern Family. Apparently, she has a nude scene in this. I'm, I'm led to believe um, as well, uh, which is sort of very rare. Um, yeah, this is sort of one of those sort of like run of the mill sort of cop procedurals that you come across now and again. Um, I'd be interested to see it because that's the sort of thing I like. You know, he um, was in another one called Hangman. With Al yep. Pacino, that that was pretty decent, you know. That again. hasn't come out here yet, has it? That's no, fine. it hasn't come out here yet. Oh no, actually, um, I think it's on it? it's on VOD. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he was in there. That was that was pretty decent as well. So, and of course, you know, he was in the Acts of Vengeance with um, Mr. Banderas. Mm. So yeah, he he sort of slipped slipped into a sort of VT um, sort of um, DTV role quite nicely. Yeah, okay. I'm actually quite keen to see it. Yeah, hmm. the, um, you know that is a that is a really good cast, uh, and I do quite like to say Carl Urban. He's he's kind of become a DTV guy now, hasn't he? He's like, yeah. um, it's uh, it hmm. it kind of happened quite surprisingly because one minute he's like big and he's doing uh, Dread and, and Star yeah. Trek and stuff, and now uh, he seems to be on that low on that. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. sound you know. It is a lower level, so you have to speak it like it is. You know, deep, leading DTV movies rather than big movies. But he, you know, he's got a great presence, so I, I think sure. he'd be a, 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 you know, will will reap the benefits, whereas the the cinema goers will miss out on him. Hmm. Our next film is Con Man. Now, just going by the, I just want to talk about the cover again for a hmm. minute. Um, I've got nothing against the cover in in so much as what it's sort of showing us, and and what the film's about, but. The imagery, or the, or the sort of design of it, is very much like the Tom Cruise film American Made. Oh, yeah. You know, that, those sort of red stripes. And, you know, and that's obviously what it's trying to sort of um, relate itself to. So, so, yeah, this is kind of like that film, or, or you know, I want to sort of put you in that in mind of that thing. And that's kind of what it is, to be perfectly frank. You know, um, so you bet it's a true story about this guy who set up this multi-million pound company basically using sort of blank well, um, not exactly forged checks, but um, uncashed checks from other companies. So, you know, just this sort of pyramid scheme within a pyramid scheme sort of thing. And then eventually it all comes crashing down on them. Uh, this looks perfectly fine for what it is. Um, you know, if you're interested in that sort of catch-me-if-you-can kind of sort of crime drama. Um, good cast as well. James Kahn, Ving Rhames, um, you know, sort of Manda Sante again. Uh, Talia Shire's in here, Mark Hamill even, somehow. Um, yeah, so, sort of white-collar crime sort of scenario. Looks okay. Uh, not, doesn't quite grab me, but, nah. you know. We spoke so we spoke about it a while ago, and I was like, see, we this did. trailer has got loads of people, loads of great, you know, fantastic support cast in it, and you were like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure about it. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, it's not high on my priority list, but I'm definitely curious. Uh, I do like this kind of story, Um uh, there, there seems to be a, a lot of them, so this kind of could get lost amid the, 
better films of this type potentially but i don't know but the uh, the fact that it's got people like you know, talia shire when was the last time i saw her in a movie i don't know, I don't know Long yeah. time. but yeah. you know james khan and amanda sante they're you know solid uh b movie guys uh bing rames is always good to see and you know who doesn't love seeing mark hamill turn up in something so <laughs> indeed okay moving on to some british fare we have dogged um it's about a young man who returns to his sort of island home um, and finds out there's a few sort of dark secrets knocking around. Uh, I, I like the look of this. I'm not quite sure about the acting and sort of the way it's shot, but nevertheless, there's something here. It's something a little bit different that I, I want to sort of dig into. Yeah, I don't really know anything. I... I haven't watched the trailer or anything, so I don't know anything about it. It's very long. It's like nearly two hours long, which is surprising. That's surprising, yeah. So, uh, I, I was actually t- taking, you know, films that are made on a lower budget tend to be around the hour and a half point anyway, but, you know, mm. it's, uh, certainly genre films as well. Uh, I'm, I was re-watching Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning the other day, and I was really surprised that it was nearly two hours long. I was like, well, that's really strange that they made it that they made it such a lot. I mean, it's, it's a great film and it, it deserved to be that long, but it was uh, surprising that they did it. And in this case, I would have expected this movie to be hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, so if, if it can hold its two hour running time, uh, that would be, uh, you know, pretty impressive, uh, regardless of, you know, what the budget is or anything. But the, yeah, that looks at the poster on IMDb and it's got mm. a really curious, uh, original poster, sort of, a. a uh, I, can't, I can't really even describe what it is. Like a a man standing within the head of a werewolf yeah. or something. No. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, the British cover is different, but sort of you know, I don't think it's been compromised in any way. It seems probably quite true to the hmm. true to the film. It's from left. It's put out by Left Films. Uh, they're not playing any tricks. I don't think here. Um, no. Yeah, I don't know where it's come from, but I, it's kind of. Uh, I'm curious. I, I, you know, if I get a chance to see the trailer or something at least at some point. I'll, sure. I'll have a look. But. Definitely worth seeing, I think. Um, right, so we've got Genesis as our next one. Uh, Very interesting, this, is, this one. Yeah, this this is um, this this could be good. It's uh, it's, it's got John Hanna in it, so so there's um, sort of something to hang on to straight away. Um, it's directed by the guy who did Devil's Playground from a few years back, uh, or um, Bart Spolly and uh, Freddie Hutton Mills. Um, yeah, so mm, you know that that wasn't too bad, but we'll see anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, the I haven't really watched the trailer. I think I've seen a couple of screenshots, and it looks like mm-hmm. very nicely filmed. I'm not sure if it's uh, yeah. Is it? Do you know where it's from? Is it like I've got a feeling it might be like Australian? No, I think it's British. Yeah, because I'm surprised you haven't heard of Devil's Playground because it starts Craig Fairbrass. Oh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about now, but uh, I'd never seen it. But I do. I I keep meaning to have like a a Tamar Hassan and uh, Danny Dyer catch up because they made like three or four films together, uh, and I haven't really seen any of them yet. But the uh, yeah, this uh, Genesis is yeah British, uh, also known as the Fall of Eden. Yeah, it's got uh, Olivia Grant, Moon Brown, Chica Yeah, I'm 
I'm def- I'd say I haven't watched the trailer or anything. I'd definitely mm. be interested to check it out at some point. I mean, it's a, a British sci-fi movie is always... A, it's that sort a, of dystopian future anyway. sort of thing where, where most people don't have anything to eat and things. And, right. But, yeah. Moving on to Killing Gunther. Um, I was tempted to, to watch this this morning because um, I was up already early. I, I then opted for something else, which we'll be talking about shortly. Um, this is the uh, one where Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a character called Gunther, who's like the, the biggest hitman in the world. And it's basically about a bunch of other assassins trying to bump him off because um, he's making him look bad. Um, I don't think Arnold's in this very much. Is that right? I believe. Uh, I would I expect he probably isn't. Uh, it's yeah. probably, I mean, we had Killing Hasselhoff a while back, didn't we? And, That's right. Uh, yeah. uh, the, 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 these two movies sort of scream for a. A double bill yeah. at some point, but I, I, I'm, to be honest, I don't expect much from either of them. Uh, no, yeah, you know, I like the idea of, yeah. uh, you know, I always like to see Arnie, but there's, you know, films like Aftermath, which I haven't seen, which are much higher priority than Ugh, seeing him mess about with a, you know, a silly, yeah. silly wig, is it? Yeah. Well, I but, suppose um, yeah, but I mean, the thing is with this one, Arnie looks like he's having a blast. He really, you know, he, he looks yeah. like he's having a lot of fun, which is um, kind of weird. Which can be good and can be bad. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes him, he's having fun, but nobody else is. But the, mm. uh, but I, you know, I, I do. It is always nice to see him enjoying enjoying himself in a in a film. Uh, I'm more interested to see him in that Russian film V2 when when with Jack. Yeah. Uh, although that looks that looks like it's going to be pretty. Uh, mm. uh, well, I don't want I don't want to judge it too harshly, but it doesn't look uh, it doesn't look amazing. But yeah, you know, it's like when he turned up with uh, actually Jackie Chan again in. Uh, around the world in 80 days you know he does these sort of you know having a laugh kind of roles and it's just like it's not quite mm. what i want to see arnie doing really but uh but uh yeah you see it's good to see him you know still around it's just it's, it's a shame i want to see arnie in big movies uh, again yes that's right yeah yeah definitely Right, moving on to mayhem now um you know we we took out a subscription of Shudder and one of the things that was attracting me to to that was the fact that this film was supposed to be on there um, but I think by the time we subscribed it disappeared oh really okay because I've got to do I'm going to be doing a subscription this weekend I think to uh, Shudder right. to take advantage of a of another free trial opportunity oh, and uh, yeah. I was hoping this was going to be on there because uh, I do really want to see this it is. This is very good. I mean, it, it has a slightly similar feel, or a slightly similar premise to um, the Belco experiment, but it is it is done so much better. I, mean, I hated the Belco experiment, to be perfectly frank. Um, I thought it was, it was just sort of too morose. The, this just gleefully grabs hold of the concept by the collar and then just bashes the hell out of it. Um, Stephen Yen from um, Walking Dead plays this uh, executive in this company who is basically being fired but before he can be thrown out of the building the whole building is um, locked down uh, and quarantined because there's a virus outbreak and the virus sort of lowers your inhibitions and makes you sort of violent and things like this and it's already been proven in court that if you happen to kill somebody while under the influence of this virus then you can't be held accountable for it. Um, so he uses this this knowledge to basically work his way up to the to the board at the top of the building, 
um, to Rika's Revenge. It, it's great fun. Really, really well done. This sounds like it's going to be a good one for a double bill with Mom and Dad, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, could be. Yeah, which I think actually, one. I think they're both out on DVD the same week. I think they're both mm. out this. So. Possibly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely worth catching though. Um, yeah, forget about the Belker experiment. That's a pile of crap. Okay, um, Paul, Apostle of Christ, is our next one. There's a whole bunch of um, big budget, big name, uh, sort of biblical films coming out. Uh, this one has Jim Caviezel and uh, Olivia Martinez in it. Um, this is about a guy going to uh, sort of take the confessions or, or you know the, the stories from St Paul while he's waiting in prison. Um, looks looks very good, I have to say. Um, I, I don't know much about the other ones that are coming out, but um, yeah, I think this looks pretty decent. It says from the studio that brought you Risen and War Room, and I've seen both. Mm. Risen, I really liked. That was with uh, Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, quite good. Good quality. That was directed by Kevin Reynolds, who did Waterworld and uh, mm. uh, Robin Hood, I think. War Room Sorry. is on, on the flip side. Is a very sort of domestic, uh, you know, American domestic drama, contemporary mm. story, kind of, you know, very heavy-handed um, uh, religious uh, Christian films. Uh, yeah. So. Um, I'm definitely interested to see this. I'm, I'm going to wait until uh, Mary Magdalene comes out mm. uh, at the end of the month, and I'm going to do a little bit of a double bill, I think, because uh, my other half will quite enjoy She She quite likes a, a little right. epic kind of movie as well. So uh, I think the, this is definitely on my street. Mm-hmm. Not a Christian, by the way, but I am interested in uh, Christian film. <laughs> I always have to stress that. Moving on to scales. Mermaids are real. Can we move on, please? (laughs) You put it on the list, not me. (laughs) Right, yes, moving on to Spooked. Now, um, this is a renamed film. Uh, This was originally called The Crying Dead, Um, which which surprises me that they bothered to change the title. I don't know if there's another title called The Crying Dead out in the UK. Um, But, you know, why, why bother changing it? This is a... One of those sort of faux documentary kind of things where we have a team of Ghostbusters going in to sort of make a documentary, you know, sort of, sort of most haunted kind of thing to this um, asylum before it gets pulled down because this weird shit's been happening and things. I, despite the title and everything, I actually like the look of this. I, I, I'm a sucker for films about paranormal investigators anyway. Um, I watched one uh, quite recently called. Um, before anyone gets hurt, which, which I really liked as well. Um, but this, yeah, this, this looks pretty decent. Looks like it's got some decent effects and things going on for it. Um, so yeah, I'll probably like this. It kind of reminds me of, um, uh, Grave Encounters. Right, yep. So yeah, I'll, I'll give this a look for sure. Yeah, the, um, the thing that Wham, this is another film that sort of knocks off some, previously existing artwork so there was a film mm. way back a long time ago called boo uh, which yeah. was uh, i think it was anthony Ferranti uh, director he went on to do sharknado and stuff i'm pretty sure it was him who did it uh, and the cover of this if you look up the cover of boo the colors the colors and everything they've used uh, are basically exactly mm. the same it's like a really yellowy uh, yellowy brown kind of look uh, the, the the kid with the glowing eyes Thing, I'm sure is very similar. So that was yeah. kind of, that was the first thing I saw when I saw. It. I was like, ah, it's a knockoff cover. So it was uh, rubs me up the wrong way. And then um, there's, yeah, there's so a couple of interesting you... changes to to this and the original American cover. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and that is they've taken away in the American cover. It's very similar, but the the UK cover has clouded out um, the the table with all the torture re- implements on it, right. and the fact that the girl on the left is holding a knife. You know, they've got, they've got rid of all of that and sort of made it a bit more sort of spooky looking. Um, but other than that, it's, it's sort of very similar, and they got rid of the skeleton. So yeah, there you go. But, um, I'm going to briefly flip back to scales because I was, I was, you know, I was being mm-hmm. unfair or whatever the word is, and um, just to give it, I mean, it's a kids' fantasy movie. Uh, it'll probably pick up all right in the supermarkets or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's got Morgan Fairchild in it. Uh, really? I didn't even realise Morgan Fairchild was still going around. Uh, she's, uh, you know, hmm. she's. Um, I was just looking at her IMDb. She's still actually quite prolific. She's got like um, four or five things she does every year. It looks like so yeah. a lot of TV movies and that. Like she's pretty much most famous for but uh yeah this one looks actually quite a based on the poster i mean the american poster is a lot better than the british cover but it's yeah it does look like it's had a a half decent budget on it so i think kids are going to probably enjoy that one possibly right moving on to um my of all the films we're talking about here this is my film of the the bunch uh it's called traffic and this is what i was watching instead of um uh killing gunther uh, Omar Epps stars in this, uh, along with Paula Patton, as a couple who go to a sort of cabin retreat, um, owned by one of their friends, and they sort of fall foul of, first of some sort of Hell's Angels bikers, and, and then a gang of sort of, um, uh, human traffickers. Uh, this is very, very good. It is very, very good indeed. I, I heartily recommend it. Um, I love the cover. I think the the the, mm. the unusually the, the this cover I prefer to the original poster. Mm. I think it's a really striking one. Yeah, it's nothing like the film about dimension, but it has a f- similar sort of feel to it, and that's um, breakdown. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think. And there was another one we were talking about similar to. Um, yeah. Well, but the I can't remember what it was, but. Uh, Again, filmed with strong female characters. Sort of strong female characters, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, like Peppermint and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and there's uh, another one I was going to mention to you coming out of the Philippines next year called Maria. Oh. Uh, look out for that one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was trying to find a, a, a trailer to. There was some footage mm-hmm. I found, but I couldn't find a way to share it with you, so that's why mm-hmm. we didn't come in soon. But uh, Maria has got looks sure. quite interesting. Um, I think we're almost done with the washing up, apart oh, yeah. from. Actually, well, I think we've got two more, but there's one late edition that I just want to mention. First of all, which is uh, In Darkness, which it did have a very brief uh, trip into cinemas uh, like a a week before the DVDs, you know, like a week or two before the DVDs coming out. I don't really know anything about it apart from that it's got Ed Screen in it. Oh, yeah, this is about the blind woman. It's a a blind woman who, in brackets, witnesses a murder. Um, Yeah, I I like Ed Screen, I must admit. for some reason, I don't know. But um How was he in Tau? He's like, he's good in Tau actually. Yeah, it's just the rest of the film is is rubbish. <laughs> um Yeah. Um but yeah, I, th- I thought he was actually pretty good in it. So this has um, got Natalie Dormer, I think is the main mm, character. From uh, Game of Thrones, of course. So yeah. Um yeah, I I I think I've seen the trailer for this um, a while ago. Um yeah, th- th- this could be quite interesting, I think. And the last one on our list is Yellow Day. Yellow Day. What the what the, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's 
Yellow Day is I don't know. It's like a Christian Disney movie or something. It's it's just weird. Um, is it like a what do you call it? Um, uh, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe kind of Bridge to uh, Terabithia. Kind sort. of, but without the, the without the misery attached to it. Um, this is this is just like joy, joy, happy, joy, joy sort of stuff all the way through. From what I gather, from what, what I looked up and everything, this is a straight. Ri- the cover is the original poster. They've not mm. literally not changed anything as far as I can see. Um, but the it doesn't star anyone or or you know it's no. not made by anyone I've heard of. I haven't watched the trailer, so I don't know what the quality is. But it looks like a yeah. It seems to be a, a Christian kids movie, basically. As far that's as I can exactly, tell. Yeah, basically that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, again, um, Christian movies just getting really. I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's the market for it, but it's, uh, mm. they they seem to be, you know, plentiful. I mean, stuff like um, Paul the Apostle of Christ, you know, because you've got Jim Caviezel, mm. marquee value, and stuff. You know, uh, biblical epics, they've always got a better chance, you know, because oddly, Christian films about the Bible seem to have more crossover appeal than Christian films set in a contemporary. You know, a situation that don't really have any biblical references, which is it's seems really odd strange. to me. It's <laughs> um, very strange. But I mean, uh, I'm, I'm having a very close look at the cover at the moment, uh, and there's some weird sort of imagery, sort of um, in there. Something called the Land of Grace, and there's a big sort of smiley yellow ball. Yeah, and there's some figure standing at the top. There was, a, there was a there uh, was a I watched a Mormon kids. Oh, film once a uh, journey I think it was called journey to somewhere it was like a bridge to Terabithia kind of thing anyway where sure. uh, they discovered this book and it's tied to the Bible or something I can't remember uh, and then they travel across into another dimension or something and they meet these tribes and stuff and it's all tangentially related to um, the Book of Mormon or something in some way though for an outsider like me who doesn't really know understand any of that I probably didn't get it at all whereas you know, the core market and probably did. But this is probably a bit more of an accessible uh, bridge. I say it looks very bridge to Terabithia ish to me. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. But, you know, they've got the church buildings. Have they got the, on the British cover, have they got the church building in the back? Yeah, they have. Yeah. So they've got church buildings and it says Land of Grace and stuff, Day of Miracles. So it's, it's you know, it's pretty upfront about what it is, I, I yeah, think. I I'm, but just I'm not curious. for us, or not from no. Well, no, it's, it's um, definitely not a priority for me, but I would be curious to have a look at it one day, but I think the, probably the trailer will be enough. <laughs> yes, it probably will. Anyway, that is the washing up for this week, which means it's the end of the show, so thanks, Rich, for your uh, visit to the land of DTV for this week. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, Dave will be on the next show, I'm sure, um, once the football's all died down. I'm going to try and join you as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, of course, because the next episode is the Nick Cage one, as we mentioned earlier, um, because there's so much good Nick Cage goodness coming out. Um, we, we can't sort of miss the opportunity, obviously, Mandy in the future, but we've got Mum and Dad, 211, and um, the Humanity Bureau to take a look at next week, as well as all the usual coming soons and washing ups and things as we come across. So, um, thanks for listening. Uh, drop us a comment in the comment section if you want, um, but most importantly, tune in next time. So, thanks very much. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.